Yes. And welcome in to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your one-stop weekly show for all the news and thoughts about movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name's Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us here on the Media Boat Podcast. Different recording place, but same Media Boat Podcast content. So thank you for joining us if you're watching on the live stream or recorded. We don't judge. We take fans from all sides. They're still getting into your ears. Yes, it's true. This is episode 339 of the Media Boat Podcast. Today is July the 9th, 2022. Hopefully you had a good 4th of July. Yes. Hopefully you enjoyed the long weekend here in the U.S. If you're anywhere else, too bad you had a regular week. Ha ha ha, you. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us anyways. Uh, but then they're also laughing at us. They're like, ha ha, you live in the U.S. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's fair. It's honestly fair. Yes, it is. All right. Let's, uh, why don't we just get started right into it? We yep. don't have a super long show, I don't think, this week. I don't think so. Uh, so let's one get... thought at the end might take a little bit, depending on how you felt about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I have thoughts <laughs> in everything but video games. So let's get right into it. And we start with music. And we start the music with the billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Right. And as it was... So it foretold, back again, <laughs> as it was, Harry Styles, number one, yeah. welcome back. At two, First Class by Jack Harlow. At three, About Damn Time by Lizzo. Coming in at four, Wait For You by Future, but really it's Drake. And, and Thames, don't forget about Thames. Okay, and Thames. And coming in at number five, Jimmy Cook's by Drake featuring 21 Savage. So yeah, that jumps from uh, number one last week all the way down to number five. And Harry Styles reclaims his spot. Because everyone realized, oh yeah, that's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Drake burns quickly and then dissolves away. Yes. Uh, as for your albums chart, your Billboard's 200. At number one, it's summer because Un Verano Sin Ti by Bad Bunny is your number one <laughs> album. Still. Still. At number back f- at number one this week. Yeah. Still. Uh, he's still in the top five. Yeah. So At number two, Growing Up by Luke Combs. Yeah. That new Luke Combs album. Starting this week. Coming in at three, honestly, never mind, <laughs> by Drake. Coming in at four, Breezy by Chris Brown. Ugh. And rounding out your top five, 7220 by Lil Dirt. Yeah, back in the top five after a couple weeks off. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to see Chris Brown up here, here, but at least Dangerous isn't on here. Uh, so I was thinking of listening to the Breezy album, but then I realized, wait, no, that's Chris Brown. Nope. Never nope. mind. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Not do worth it. your time. Not worth your time. Oh, no. So, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. We do. Starting with Eleven, Bleed Here Now, by dot dot dot, and you will know us by the trail of dead. <laughs> I thought that was still part of the album we had the no, dad. That's why I no, thought so hard. That is the name of the band. Um, and you will know us by the trail of you've dead. You've never heard of trail of dead before? Dot dot dot. Yeah, no. you never heard of them? Okay. Yeah. We also have Beatopia by Biba Doobie. Yeah, the most fun to say of this week. Uh, Hellfire by Black Meaty. Meaty? Mighty? Meaty, like the Midi. sound format. Meaty, Meaty. Meaty. Artificial Countrysides by Elf Power, coming in in the middle of summer. <laughs> uh, the Other Side of Make Believe by Interpol. Yes, that Interpol. When I saw the name of this Interpol record, I wanted to think that they were making just an album of B-sides from the Weezer album Make Believe. <laughs> but I don't think that's what this is. I don't think so. But that'd that's, be great. Yeah, I would like to see that. Uh, Worldwide Pop by 
super super organism. Yeah. Make sure you say it's organism, not the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Different album completely. Completely. Uh, <laughs> and then we have three of the biggest releases, I'd say. Yeah. The Hardest Part by Noah Cyrus. Self-explanatory by Neo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Neo. Neo. He's back. And special by Lizzo, which we will yes. both be checking out next week. Yeah, uh, we'll check out the Lizzo record. We've already heard uh, a couple of advanced singles, including It's About Damn Time. So, yeah. Song of the Summer. It's About Damn Time. No, it's not Song of the Summer. I don't know. It's. I hate to break it to you, but it's probably as it was. I hate to break it to you, but it's whenever that Beyonce... <laughs> Album drops. <laughs> fair, fair. Songs right. of the summer. Songs of the summer. All right, All right, but what happened in news? In Let's get into music news, shall we? And we start with Carlos Santana. Yeah. And the wife of Mr. Carlos Santana, Miss Cindy Blackman Santana, said that her husband is doing very well after he passed out on stage during a concert earlier this week. Yeah. The veteran guitarist was performing at the Pine Knob Music Theater outside of Detroit on Tuesday night when he collapsed mid-song due to heat exhaustion and dehydration. He was immediately treated by medical personnel and waved to fans as he was wheeled off stage and taken to a nearby hospital. Eee. Yet another incident of yeah. an artist being taken to a hospital in the past two weeks. I mean, I want to say this has probably always happened, but now with the immediacy of social media, we're hearing about it more often. That's my best guess. That also, it's always happened in, yeah. like past concerts like 80s and 90s but like now that social media yeah. you can whip out your camera phone and record it and immediately post People it know immediately instead yeah. of it being a story that you tell your friends right. after it happens uh i mean that's a uh, part of it also i think that we have a lot of aging artists that are still on tour which is mm -hmm. another part of it santana ain't young uh he's been around since the 60s um so this is going to happen but at least he's doing well at least his wife doesn't seem too concerned you know who isn't young well, Neil Young is always young. <laughs> but uh, Willie Nelson. Yes, that's true. Who is performing at a concert tonight. Yeah, but he's bulletproof because of all the weed that he's... Yeah, to. but it's out in the middle of uh, California heat, so yeah. maybe be on lookout, Willie Nelson. Friend of the show, Christy, has a theory that all the, all the artists that are still alive that did a lot of drugs in the 60s mm -hmm. are alive because those drugs, instead of killing them, have like sort of like Warped protected them system. like that is like <laughs> like put a shield around them from anything that could possibly happen to them and i'm like yeah you're probably right yeah yeah you just uh <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger exactly and immune to everything else exactly so that's why willie's still around yes oh man the day that he goes he and dolly parton the day the, the day that they go geez that's gonna be really everyone sad. just plays the day the music dies on repeat so depressing but let's not talk about that let's talk about something else that's let's depressing. Talk about else is depressing <laughs> in a different way yes um, and someone who's no longer with us, Michael Jackson. Yeah. So the songs are, or are they? Or are they? Because three songs from the posthumous 2010 Michael Jackson album titled Michael, <laughs> uh, which some fans have long insisted were not sung by the late artist, have been removed from streaming services. Hmm. Ooh, cue conspiracy theories. A statement from Jackson's estate and Sony Music, who if we previously remember, had acquired um, the singer's entire vault in a $250 million deal back in 2010. They say, in a joint statement, that the songs were removed in an effort to, quote, move beyond the controversy, but effectively maintained that the vocals were not, were not faked. Mm. Quote, 
Nothing should be read into this action concerning the authenticity of the tracks. Emphasized, bold, italicized. So, yeah, this is a And weird whenever you story. say something like that, you immediately go, hmm. It's just weird considering it's been 12 years since the release of that, that posthumous record. And so the fans have probably been talking about this for that much time. And I finally have, like, the, like the, 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 the uh, Sony Music, the license holders in this case, being like, you know what? We're sick of it. We're just done with this conversation. Let's just remove the songs completely. Or, conversely, someone's brought forth an actual legitimate lawsuit Maybe. against them. That would be a weird lawsuit. I don't know. If like 10 years later, 12 years later? That. Yeah, I feel like statute of limitations on that is probably up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Technology's gotten better. Maybe they can now definitively prove. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about this. I remember at the time, uh, talk about like, it was a lot of the songs were like kind of cooked together from outtakes and like maybe excerpts were like redubbed in a way to like make them sound a little better, a little sweetened. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say that maybe the reason why it doesn't sound like it's him is because he's being tweaked in the background so much that and corrected in order for it to sound modern. And so I don't blame a fan for being like, that doesn't sound like Michael, but I also think that it's ridiculous to complain about it because like, what do you expect? He's dead. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's also the Simpsons episode where they don't credit Michael Jackson and it doesn't sound like Michael That's Jackson. That's not even on Disney Plus. You yes. can't even watch that. If exactly. You want I mean, we just and we just uh, recently. I didn't uh, have this in the video game news recently, but um, we saw that uh, it got confirmed recently that he did write those songs for Sonic Three. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like a very interesting kind of like aftermath to his career, where we're constantly thinking about like what did he do, what wasn't he involved in, how what we just was finding, him, what isn't him. How are we just finding about this twelve years after his death? Yeah, so long after his death that it's wild. But anyway, I just thought it was an interesting story for what the precedent it sets. That mm -hmm. they can just be like, oh, this is too controversial. Yoink. Not you know, even talk about it anymore. We'll talk about um, people removing stuff from digital services a little bit later as well. A little, little bit later, too. Um, so any uh, music we listen to doesn't seem like we have yes, anything. Yes, we had put something in we thoughts. We have to put something in thoughts. What yes. do we need to add? Um, so, speaking of people from the famous in the 80s, both okay. Carl Santana and Michael Jackson. Sure. I listened to a band that put on an album this week okay. um, that was also from that era. All right. Journey. Okay. And their album, Freedom. Freedom. Yes. Hey. By Journey. Do you like Journey? Uh, they're a little cheesy for me. I'm not a classic rock guy. Do you like Secret Ways? Do you wish there was an <laughs> album that was just entirely made of synths, of Secret Ways, God, but no. different variations <laughs> of that synth? Absolutely not. Do you like Do you like the 80s, 90s smooth? And today? Uh, the, oh. uh, the 80s and 90s, like, rock ballads? No! Love song rock ballads? No, I don't. Like, um... Power, that Power Ballads TV ad? Yes, Power yeah. Ballads, yes. <laughs> That's Freedom and, by Journey. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, that being said, it sounds like Journey. And the fact that they're still doing this all these years later, yeah. bravo, continue <laughs> to do what you're doing. Keep you're going. hitting yeah. that exact like oh, that yeah. milestone that you guys want. There are people who this is exactly in their wheelhouse, and they'll love it. Yeah, so if you like Journey, and this is exactly in your wheelhouse, you're going to love this album. It does remind me a lot of those like 90s, like, almost every song on this sounds like it could have been on a 90s, like, compilation, compilation yeah. or, like, movie soundtrack, like, end of the song credits. Yeah. It's like, yep, that's 
you're hitting the notes here. All the highs, all the, all the beats, all oh, the synths. Oh, and the high notes. I bet they're and, those high notes. And definitely high notes. As I, yep, that's you go on a love song. Like, generic love song soundtrack. Generic uh, pop song soundtrack. Sure. Generic uh, action film. It definitely sounds like it. So, if you want Journey, I don't know if it's, like, good Journey. Or if it's, like, Journey riffing off the Journey that they yeah. used to be. To, to yeah. kind of, like, get that same embellishment that they used to I have. I mean, that's when you... What happens when you get so long in your career that you're basically a um, nostalgia band. Right. Is that even if you do do new music, it has to harken back to that sound. Because otherwise, what are you doing? What, otherwise, what's the market that you're catering to? You can't be Journey and come out with something super experimental. Unless you're Eric Church, who just always does something super different but every Eric single Church time. Eric Church is in such a different area of his career than Journey is. Right. I mean, like, even Willie Nelson puts out kind of the same stuff yeah. over and over and over again. You know what you're getting into when you buy one of those albums, mm -hmm. and they can't betray you. They can't, like, put out something too Well, they also can't betray you. <laughs> very different band. Yes, that's a very different very, band. Very different band. But anyway... So, it sounds like Journey, is what I'm gathering. It's a very Journey album that sounds like Journey. Like I said, yeah. if you like Secret Ways, <laughs> I absolutely like it, you're going to get the immediate, like, Journey dopamine, so, like, yeah. I love this album. If you are 58 years old, and you love Journey, check this out. Or, <laughs> if you just really it. love the music video of Secret Ways, I listen to it constantly <laughs> when you were in college. And yes, I am talking to you. You know who you are. <laughs> this album may be for you. Well, there you go. Shout out to a specific person. <laughs> uh, anything else we listened to this week? Uh, nope. Not yeah, really. I don't have anything of note. Just a couple small releases this week. Uh, next week, yeah, we'll be listening to Lizzo, and I'll listen to that Be The Doobie record. I've actually been looking forward to that. I like her early sing singles. All right, let's move on to video. We go to video games, and we start with new releases. Barely anything this week. If you have a PC, you got a couple of things that you haven't played yet. Yep. You have Monument Valley yep. and Monument Valley 2 yes. for the PC. Those were uh, mainly mobile games when they were first released. I played a lot of uh, Monument Valley 1. It's just a fun little puzzle game about perspective and switching perspective to navigate a puzzle. So Fez. Um, less, way less complicated than Fez. <laughs> way, 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 way less complicated. All right. It's also the game that um, saved uh, currently canceled Kevin Spacey in uh, House of Cards. Really? It was a plot point in House of Cards, uh, season one, Monument Valley. Do you remember that? What? Yeah. No. Way, 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 way back then. Funny, because there's also a God of War reference. That's later. That was That's later. season two, I think. Yes. Season one, he plays Monument Valley and has okay. like a fucking like, uh, uh, like uh, uh, epiphany. epiphany. Yeah. Sorry to bring up another canceled person on this podcast. <laughs> and canceled show. Yeah, but I had to. Anyway. All right. And uh, lastly, because there's only like a couple of releases here. Yeah. Eyes in the Dark, Dash. Eric Colin, The Curious Case of the Victoria Bloom, also uh, on PC. Yeah, probably like a mystery game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Slow uh, release week, nothing for consoles, um, except uh, in case you're one of these people. Uh, new games have been leaked for the PlayStation uh, Extra and stuff. Yes. You might get a Final Fantasy VII uh, remake. Re remake Intergrade. So I might actually play it. I don't know. And then also, uh, uh, if you uh, have the PlayStation, uh, any of the tiers, any of them, you can download uh, Crash Bandicoot, Bandicoot 4 this week. Or yep. th yeah, this month. Yep, that's the PlayStation yep. Plus game. Oh, yeah, and uh, Game Pass Games got announced. Uh, Power Wash Simulator coming to Game Pass. Hey! Hey! Anyway, let's move on. Let's move into video game news. 
And we start with some E3 news. Yeah. Eh, be good, bad, maybe. You know what? I think a lot of people will be very excited about this. All right. Uh, people who like attending expos. So, Read Pop. Yeah. The events company behind PAX, EGC, Star Wars Celebration, and New York Comic Con will officially take over the running of E3 in 2023. Yeah, this is a big change. Traditionally, the ESA has put it on themselves. Uh, they've obviously mm -hmm. learned from their mistakes. Yes. So the ESA, which is the Entertainment Software Association, announced the news on Thursday following recent confirmation that the flagship show will return in person in 2023 for, um, for its first event in four years. Yeah. First in-person event. First in-person, yes. We've had um, digital, yeah, digital E3. Events. Yes. As well as running high-profile events in the U.S. and Europe. Readpop is the owner of Gamer Network, uh, which runs websites such as Eurogamer, GamesIndustry.biz, <laughs> BG247, and Rock Paper Shotgun, and is the network partner of VGC. Yeah, so that's just a disclaimer because I got this off of VGC. Yep. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think this is interesting news. It means the ESA is basically pushing off the actual process of running a show to a company that's very familiar with the process of running a show. Also very good at it, if you ask a lot of people. People love PAX. People love yes. PAX. And the Star Wars experience has been a huge hit lately as mm -hmm. well. Especially when they went PAX East and PAX West. Yeah. People liked it. So it's a really good idea if you're the ESA. If you're somebody who's like, do we really need E3 to come back? And if you're somebody who's especially questioning the validity of an in-person event in 2023, even, mm -hmm. with co uh, coronavirus still being a threat, um, less exciting, uh, I think, here. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little divided about the story. I'm glad the SA finally realized that they suck, though. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> kind of the good news here. Uh, but uh, seeing E3 come back seems, well, feels a little mixed. Well, the reason for E3 was that you could do the showcase and then go play the demo live right there in the showcase floor. The other weird part, yeah, the other weird part about this is um, the question about where does Jeff Keighley uh, fit into this puzzle. Right. In the past, uh, before he's kind of created his own empire, he has worked directly with PAX and has been a very, very formative person involved in PAX. He also worked with several years of E3 organizing uh, with them. Now, though, he has Summer Games Fest, the brand, pretty established at this point. And he actually went on social media after this announcement and said, this does not change any plans he has for an in-person Summer Games Fest experience. So this means that they could potentially compete against each other, mm -hmm. maybe even the same week, maybe depending on how that goes, maybe different weeks. I don't know. Which really makes it interesting if your staff of a press like or media, and you're trying to figure out what, where to send people and what matters most. E3 has the name and cachet, but Summer Game Fest has proved itself to be the newcomer. Mm -hmm. What happens next June? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, hopefully they don't run over the same week. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Or brutal. you know, uh, Repop just goes to Jeff Keighley and say, "Hey, we'll give you your own ballroom here. Yeah. Please come and make a deal so we can have people in the event." It's an interesting situation we haven't been in, in ever in E3's existence. Mm -hmm. They've never competed against another show around the same timetable, and here it could happen. It's always been in the middle of summer, which yep. nothing ever happens. Well, beginning of see summer, our news stories of nothing happening. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be really interesting to watch what happens, uh, whether coronavirus reasons or competition reasons. I don't know, but uh, it's peeled for next June. Yep. Anyway. 
Anyway, let's get to the actual news of the week then. Yes. The one I'm most excited about. Yes, finally the other shoe is dropped, as we like to say here. The, the other axe has dropped. Yes, the axe has fallen. The other boy has dropped. <laughs> as Ew. God of War, Ugh. as finally, God of War Ragnarok has finally announced the release date of November 9th of this year. Holiday season. Yes. It has also released a new CG trailer for the game and a video showing off multiple editions of the PS4 and PS5 t uh, versions. Yes. Which are viewable below for pre-orders. <laughs> yes, below us. Yes. Pre-orders <laughs> for God of War Ragnarok will begin on July 15th at 10 a.m. local time. But for here in the U.S., it's 10 a.m. Yeah. Eastern time, which is 7 a.m. Pacific you time. You know, you can look up the time differences. Yes. Uh, players who purchase any edition of the game before launch will receive the Kratos Risen Snow Armor and the Atreus Risen Snow Tunic digital bonuses. Players who purchase the standard edition of God of War Ragnarok for PS4 will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for $10, but that is not the big controversy going on here. All right, what's the big controversy? Tell me. That any... So, you can either buy the game for a physical device okay so you can get the disc just in the standard version and standard version only sure if you buy any of the deluxe packages um or any of the special editions they will come with digital codes for the game okay even though the big ones include a steel box case for a disc that does that not include it that does not exist it's 2022 yes but do you, we need a disc well one, people like the disc, but two, some of the people don't have the disc, and this is why I'm going to shame all you people. There is a PS5 digital edition yes. out there, so what are people going to do who buy like the big, um, the like uh, the big uh, box, yeah, the the showcase tunic box, and then like have a disc but can't use it? They need to have a digital code, and they're not going to put a code with the disc because that just comes to two games. They have to do one or the other. So I guess that kind of blocks you off of buying that if you don't, right? It, what do you mean? Like it blocks you off of buying if you have like if you don't have the disc version, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they went with all digital mm. for this. Yeah, that's smart. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's 2022. Yes, obviously this is when we have to say for people in the world that do not have a great internet connection mm. and need a disc, this sucks. Yes. Because unlike Microsoft. Sony does still put games on those discs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you are familiar, but Xbox games, there's nothing on there. But It's just an activation code. Yeah, it's just activation. You download it. So you're already screwed if you're an Xbox consumer, if you're in a place oh, where you Oh, same with EA people. Yeah. But Sony still puts games on there. So this sucks mm -hmm. if you are one of those people that I'm sure they're out there still mm -hmm. uh, that needs that data on that disc. So... Uh, yeah, I'm ambivalent about it. I don't think it should be a big controversy, though. Like, this is just how games are in 2022. This is the new normal. Uh, we are in that all-digital future that people were so scared about 10 years ago. Yeah. It the, happened. The one example I constantly go back to and reference for people is that people in the military who don't have internet connection yes. but have the game systems that they want to play these games, they have to get, they have to get a disc. Yeah. Um, as for one other note about this release date... It's a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> no, it's a Wooden Day. Yes, but uh, it's Norse for Wooden, yes, which is yes. um, Odin. People which were is, talking yes. about that, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's that, an typically, it's placement. a Tuesday or Friday. Yes, but yeah, it's interesting placement considering that there's a lot happening that week. 
Um, the eighth is election day here yes. in the U.S., um, which will be the primary elections uh, in your respective states. Uh, there will be, um, yeah, like it's also the week that um, the original release date of of uh, Star Star. Uh, Star what is that name? Starfield. Starfield. Thank you. Starfield. It rhymes with Garfield. That's right. Yes. Uh, Starfield was supposed to come out before it got delayed. Mm-hmm. Weird week. And um, it's maybe very, they took yeah. that date because they got moved out. I want to say that maybe that's why they held off. Put like, I put your conspiracy theory yeah. hat on. That that's why they, they held wanted, off. They wanted that early November. They wanted they, to see what everyone else was doing for yeah, the holiday season. That makes me think. And they waited forever for. Microsoft commit to anything. Turns out Microsoft has nothing, which is why they didn't commit to anything. Mm-hmm. Also, turns out Nintendo also has nothing but Pokemon, which comes out a couple weeks later. Yes. So And those are two have... very different fan bases, unless you're me, which combines both of them. <laughs> so I feel like they were waiting on two things. Yes. They were probably waiting on the dev team to say, absolutely, we're fe- we're, go- we're going to release this this year. Mm-hmm. And also, you're right. I think you're probably right. Like, they had to wait for everybody else to figure their schedules out. Well, because people... Because... I mean, Sony and Microsoft know that getting uh, God of War out there is going to be their game, their holiday yeah. game. They're and keeping that bullet in the chamber until they have to tell you when it's coming out. Looking at the calendar, it's the only game. Mm-hmm. It's the only big release this fall. Besides Pokemon. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild that everything else went to 2023. We just, in fact, learned that another late, uh, this isn't in my news because it's kind of a little small little blip, but we also learned that the... Um, Square Enix is uh, what's that name of that game? Like the Isekai lady shows up, like turn, uh, goes into the fantasy world. Octopath Traveler. No. <laughs> the the uh, it's third person. It's like an action, like uh, kind of Devil May Cry combo system, but it's like in a fantasy world. Uh, yes, that, that game. game got delayed <laughs> again into 2023. That was supposed to be holiday as well. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, everything moved. Everything moved. So, it's got a Wars year. Everybody get ready. This is the only game you're playing unless you own a Switch and you want to play Pokemon. Yep, this will be my um, early birthday present, or <laughs> late birthday present to myself, I guess, because it comes yeah. after. Fair enough. Well, but, we'll, yep. well, we'll get there uh, when we come to November. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about that game. In the meantime, been playing anything that isn't neon white? Uh, No. <laughs> I'm just bringing the white everywhere I go and yeah. playing it. Yeah, it's a good time. Next week we'll talk about, um, we're going to s- compare some of our times here and see who's dominant. Yes. I bet you're probably way ahead of me at this point. Oh, yeah, I'm in like yeah. World 7 now? Yeah, I didn't play at all this week. This week was too busy for me. It's okay. Uh, I'm kind of stuck trying to get this one damn present that I can't yeah. really figure out. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that's how you get it. Uh, but yeah. It'll happen. It'll, it'll come happen. to you. It'll happen. But in the meantime, any other games? Um, nope, nothing that I've been playing quite yeah, yet. Nothing over here. Nope. So that means we can move on into the television section. Yep, and we'll always start take the reins here with the sports corner. Yes, we always start with the sports corner. In this case, it's the sports uh, display that's right behind you. You've got a tiny snow globe box there it is. and a, uh, a hat that was formerly filled with nachos. It's clean now. Don't worry about it. It's not like, no, it's not like you're underneath. dumping nachos on a tiny's head. No, we cleaned it immediately <laughs> when we got home. No, but we'll get to Otani. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, first off, though, we start television with Sports Corner, and we start Sports Corner with a USFL update. Congratulations. You completed one full season. Yes, the Birmingham Stallions won the championship. What did you think? Uh, you know, the team that only had one loss over the course of the season. They were going to win no matter what. They were going to win? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns out? Yeah, turns out. 
So, uh, only good football of that was in the third quarter for like the last three minutes. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, it's you D-League football. They're, they're, they're trying. You get what you pay for, right? They're trying. <laughs> I turned it on um, like at the beginning and a guy fumbled on his way to the end zone. So <laughs> You love to see it. Yep. You love Lo- to lots see of drop passes. Fundamentals, you know. Yep. Lots of drop passes. You know, it's not, it's not the NFL. No. What are you going to do? Let's move on to something else that's not the NFL. The NHL. Uh, hockey had its draft. Jiraj Slavos, Slavog. Okay, one more time. Slavkovsky. There you go, Slavkovsky. Uh, was selected as the number one pick in the NHL draft. Uh, what do we know about this guy? Um, Besides his complicated name. Uh, he's from Finland. Ah, he's Finnish. Yes. Will he finish? I believe so, because he's also a forward. <laughs> All right, there you go. But yeah, congratulations. You got drafted to, I want to say... Detroit. <laughs> I want to say Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I should have right. put that. I don't know why I didn't put that as a first. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. We also in uh, hockey have the news of the first black general manager in NHL history, with the San Jose Sharks hiring Mike Greer. Congratulations. I know how you feel about the Sharks, so don't get personal here. But yes. this is generally good news. This is generally good news. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not a whole lot of black representation in hockey as a whole. Mm-hmm. When you see a black player, it's even like, whoa, there's a black player on this hockey team. But uh, hey, uh, any move to get that to be a more common thing, mm-hmm. where it's less of a story, hey, that's great. Yep. For inclusivity in the league. Next up. That's and, why we have the news on it. Yes. The baseball world um, got its all-star picks uh, for offense, at least. Officially last uh, night. This, uh, starting last night. Those selected include Aaron Judge because, of course, because he's the best player in the league right now. He's he's ninety nine. He's uh yeah. he's uh, uh, the creative creative player. Yeah. creative player. Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, Giancarlo Stanton, Bryce Harper, Jose Altuve, and Manny Machado, and it, many more. This is pretty much who you expect to be here. Yes. Mike Trout made news as this is his tenth time entered into the all-star mm-hmm. uh experience which i believe is an angels record yes um hey he's mike trout he can't as i said in our group text yesterday he can't not be great even <laughs> in the down year he's too good <laughs> like well the man's in, like the man you can only break him by injuring him that's the only thing that stops him from showing up in this game i mean when he pulls his big dick growing yes exactly <laughs> I mean, yes, he wasn't in the game last year, uh, but he will be in the game this year, and mm-hmm. he'll put on a show, I'm sure of it. Uh, Shoya Otani, meanwhile, um, is in here as a designated hitter. We will wait until tomorrow, Sunday, as of this recording, uh, to find out whether he's also going to start as a pitcher. In the and game. then we're going to wait another week to see if he's in the home run derby again. Yes. Um, my guess is here is he uh, will be the starting pitcher again. I think so. He will be a two-way player in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. I will put my money on him not being at the Home Run Derby this year, I think and I will that. say to Trout, Trout will. You're saying Trout's at the Home I Run Derby? I say Trout is. Otani's not. Okay, that's my guess. Trout's uh, been impressive home run-wise this season, um, and I think that he has a chance. Okay, and in other news, um, yes. baseball news, because the commissioner couldn't keep his hands <laughs> out of the MLB All-Star game, yes. he decided to. Add two special players as yes. quote unquote legacy players. Yes. One of them being 
big machine himself, Albert Pujols. Yes. Even though he does not deserve to be here. Well, what are you going to do? It's a legacy pick. It's because this is it for him. He's yeah, this done is, after this. Yeah, this is the final season. So it's like, hey, well I know it's your final season. Let's make you an all-star yeah. because the last time we're going to be able to do this. I mean, I, I don't hate it, honestly. I don't hate it. Um, when he's good, he's good. And I would love to see him be good. If he's still got a little bit of gas in him, I want to see him be good. Right, but the All-Star is supposed to be the fan vote, and the fans don't yeah. think you're good enough. The then you're fans kind of interfering. Don't, the fans are all over the place on everything in baseball. Oh, yes, they are. I've, since I've been, like, like now that I'm, like, a full-fledged baseball person, I have now learned what fans like and what they don't, and they're impossible to please. Oh, yes. You if, can't, you know, you can't, if you watch the ESPN special, they yeah. were criticizing the fans left and right on the infielder's choice. It's become super frustrating to listen to anything mm-hmm. of baseball like fan has to say about baseball they're yes. all super jaded and burnt out it's like why are you watching baseball if you don't like it anymore <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't like these people if all you want to do is complain then why bother like i don't know i don't get it i don't get it unless you're astros we can complain about you all the time yeah fuck you no, anyway. right. uh, let's move on <laughs> to a sport that's less serious and fans are probably actually a hoot to hang out with uh competitive eating yes as joey chestnut had a moment this year this year during the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest where he put a protester in a chokehold. While still eating a hot yes, dog. While still making a record 63 hot dogs eaten. It wasn't a record. Well, but it was still 20 hot dogs ahead <laughs> of the... And buns. With buns. Ahead of the second place person. So what was this man protesting? I don't know. I just know that <laughs> Joey like, took him out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> good for him i guess i don't know i honestly don't know how to feel until i know what the protest was for but regardless joey chestnut just proving that he's the guy still he's just down on hot dogs taking out people left and right also he was injured he had a yeah. he was his foot was in a cast so so he's been, ha, won this like 15 times is that Four, what it is now uh 15 times uh 14 in a row now because there was one year that um he lost to matt stoney uh-huh. Uh, and then Matt Stoney never came back because he man. took his title and went to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, the man, uh, the man knows how to eat hot dogs really, really fast. Yep, Joey the Jaws Chestnut. Oh, good for him. And then lastly, the biggest and most... Oh, and Mickey Suda won for the women's, but she's always won. She's basically becoming the Joey Chestnut of the women's division. Well, there you go. Meanwhile, though, uh, the most, I think, the dramatic uh, story in sports this, this so, week. So, we haven't covered this. Yeah, we haven't covered for this. For good reason. But it seems complicated, and let's get into it. Brittany Griner, uh, who is a uh, basketball? WNBA basketball WNBA player. WNBA basketball player, has uh, been all over the news this week as uh, she's uh, pleaded guilty for a drug charge in Russia. Uh, just so you know, Russia is a little bit more strict about drug possession uh, mm-hmm. than we are here in the U.S. If you're especially a foreigner that's carrying anything on you, you're going to be subject to a very harsh treatment. And this is what happened to Brittany Griner. Yes, she was found trying to leave Russia yeah. with weed, I believe it was weed, on yeah, her, in her possession. Yes. Um, and it doesn't matter how many ounces it is, how big it is, it's just automatic yes. felony. Yes. And so she was detained and yes. couldn't leave Russia. There have been pleas mm-hmm. from all people, people from all um, all types of celebrities. Yeah. She herself has even pled to the president uh, mm-hmm. to do something about this. Right. Uh, we'll see if there is going to be But she was officially yet. charged this week. Yeah. Well, she was charged, but this officially she, she pled guilty 
in Russian court. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll uh, see what happens. Yeah, we'll have an update when it happens. But right now, this is kind of where the story is paused for the moment. Well, I mean, it was paused when she got arrested. Yeah. Because we didn't know what was going to happen before that. But now, no, here's no. the follow-up to it. Which is why we haven't been talking about it. Because she's been right. in Ru- a Russian prison in process. So we'll see. Uh, we'll have an update on that when we learn more uh, mm-hmm. or what's going on with that. In the meantime, uh, anything else in sports that we should cover before we move on? Money in the Big was bullshit. All right. Yeah, let's go. It's <laughs> not news. All right. That's totally. Oh, uh, guess that is news. Um, speaking of WWE, yes. Vince McMahon has agreed yeah. to pay $12 million to four other women for more hush money. Not enough, uh, one. And two, just get rid of them. Just get rid of him. I'm sick of hearing how terrible of a human being he is. You mean now? He's always (laughs) been. I'm just done. Yes. Get him out of here. All right. Let's move on to television news. Our first story has to do with the current hot stuff in the streaming world, the Duffer Brothers. Everybody, no matter where you are, is talking about Stranger Things Season 4. Except for here. You can't escape it. Except for us. Except for here. Because we have good taste. Sorry. Uh, No offense. Uh, but yeah, they're in the news, though, this week for other reasons. They're starting to branch out. Creators Matt and Ross Duffer have formed Upside Down Pictures and recommitted to Netflix with several new projects. To run Upside Down, they've hired Hilary Levitt, developer of shows like Orphan Black, Ozark, and The Great, and Shining Girls. The brothers said that the new company will be guided by the goal to create the kind of stories that inspired them growing up. Quote, Stories that take place at that beautiful crossroads where the ordinary meets the extraordinary, where big spectacle coexists with intimate character work, where heart wins out over cynicism. End quote. The Duffers and Netflix have expanded their slate of projects for the future, which now include a new live-action series adaptation of Death Note, the manga and anime, an original series from creators Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews, who were behind the recent Dark Crystal Age of Resistance reboot, Mm -hmm. a series adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel The Talisman, a new stage play set within the world and mythology of Stranger Things, and a live-action Stranger Things spin-off series for Netflix. So that's a lot of projects for the Duffers to be involved in all at once. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But, like, three of them are Stranger Things-esque related. Sure. So, relatively in their wheelhouse. And even the stuff that's not related directly to Stranger Things, seems pretty in their real house. Yes. Um, Death Note is an interesting one, though. Yeah, um, I don't know about where that came from. Especially since Netflix was very, very public about bailing out of anime adaptations after the the, Cowboy Bebop adaptation bombed. Right, because right before that, their other Death Note live-action version bombed. Right, yeah. Didn't this happen already? Yes, it did already happen. Hmm. 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 I don't know. Weird uh, weird choices happening, but uh, hey, they're taking advantage of striking when the iron is hot right now, and it's very hot. Yes, maybe they'll take it as a loose adaptation and be like, oh, a book... That does magical things, and a kid finds it. Yeah, less about murder. Yes, less about <laughs> killing people, and, and more about just the fantastical things that a kid writes in a book. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, like Mikey wants to fly, and then <laughs> kid Mikey, like, flies. Mikey flies. Mikey, fly away. Yeah, and then that's how you get into, like, other serious stuff. Oh, and this is, is this when we talk about uh, the weird uh, beef that Doja Cat has now with the entire cast of Stranger Things? Uh, Have you seen this? Yes, I guess so. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Let's move on instead right. to something oh, that Stranger yeah. Things will surely have a big presence in. Yep. San Diego Comic Con. 
Yes, it's actually, so unlike E3, it's actually back in person <laughs> yes. this year. Uh, for better or for worse, if you consider what we saw out of AnimeCon last week. Did you see the footage of how many people were on the show floor there? They crazy. had to have the fire department come and block people from yep. entering. Yep. Impossible to get in. Scary as shit if you're worried about getting COVID. And San Diego Comic-Con is going to be no different. Oh, it's going to be worse. Oh, yes. If anything. Well, if you are interested at all in what happens at San Diego, Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, regardless of whether you're about to risk going, the show does start on July 21st, but the list of vendors and exhibits is now available. So far, we've gotten a taste of what to expect from Thursday's schedule of panels, including William Shatner's panel about his upcoming documentary that is hosted by Kevin Smith, as well as a panel featuring the cast of the highly anticipated Teen Wolf movie. We also know that Apple TV Plus will be making their convention debut with For All Mankind and Severance panels, and Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Black Adam will be turning up with exciting Hall H panels. Congratulations, Warner. Yep, working on it. I'm picking Shazam and Black Adam and not mentioning The Flash. (laughs) Yeah, let's not talk about The Flash at all. Thank you. Uh, earlier this week, we learned that Prime Video would be bringing their time-traveling adventure Paper Girls to Comic-Con, which, by the way, I, uh, uh, Christy, big fan of the Paper Girls comic, yeah. so uh, she was surprised uh, when I told her that there was an adaptation coming to Amazon soon. She hmm. had not heard about this. Uh, she, though, immediately was like, do we need that? <laughs> Even as a fan, she was asking, do we need that? Even as a fan. We already have Stranger Things. Yeah. They kind of, there's a lot of crossover with it being set in the 80s. And maybe that's why they got greenlit. they're doing it now. Yep. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we might check that out depending on how interested she is in that adaptation of something she likes. But we'll see. Uh, where was I? And... Uh, AMC. Yes, and AMC would be making their return to San Diego with, of course... The Walking Dead, because everybody knows that if you're having a Comic-Con, The Walking Dead will be there. Mm-hmm. Now that the full schedule is out, Friday looks like it is shaking, shaking, be, shaping up to be an exciting day filled with Marvel Studios panels about the forecoming, upcoming uh, second season of What If mm-hmm. and Marvel Zombies. And Lucasfilm Publishing will be on site talking about their new Star Wars publishing product project. And even someone named David Dusmalchian is part of a panel about his impressive career. Who the hell is that? Um, he's uh, one of the executives in um, uh, Lucasfilm. Ah, okay, thank you. So, uh, Specifically the publishing side. Anything you're particularly excited for for Comic-Con? Marvel stuff, because we haven't seen any new trailers. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Of any upcoming films. We now that Thor uh, has been released, yeah. which we'll talk about later, don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. But... We have don't have outside of Thor, which was released, and Miss Marvel, which was is currently ending this upcoming Wednesday. Yeah. We only have a promo for She Hulk, and that's it. No other Marvel imagery, tre- teasers, trailers, anything yeah, else has nothing. come out since. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of uh, news and um, announcements will be made uh, pertaining those. Right. Next bunch of now, releases. Marvel doesn't have to make announcers at Comic Con. <laughs> they can do it whenever they want. But that's a lot of eyeballs, and so they probably should do it. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of key. All right. Other than that, yeah, see what Warner does with the Shazam and Black Adam. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, if if they announce anything future, weird time if you're the DC uh, DC Studios right now. Give me a name of that Batman sequel that you greenlit. Oh, geez, yeah. Maybe they not, not that. the Batman. The Batmans, the Batman. maybe? The Batmen. The Batmen. That's not bad. That's not bad. Anyway. You drop the and just call it Batmans? Batman. Wait, didn't they already do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, 
2024. Yeah. All right, let's move on then into uh, some thoughts. We watch some television. Batmanson. <laughs> All right, thoughts. Uh, we watched some Hulu apparently this week. Yes. So um, <laughs> I actually had intended to watch the part two of Stranger Things uh-huh. uh, season four until I realized they were making a season five, and I said, "Nope, I'm just going to binge the whole thing once." Don't wait. Uh, but what we did watch was apparently a lot of things that are on Hulu. Yes. Uh, so uh, you watched. We saw what this was. Uh, Christy mentioned something about her uh, a couple of her coworkers being kind of thirsty for the guy in this. Yes. What is the bear? The bear. Um, <laughs> it's a chef show. Uh huh. So, speaking of chef, so take the movie Chef and movie Burnt, starring Bradley Cooper, uh-huh. about a high-profile chef who. Um, Gets all the accolades and then can't handle the pressure, so goes back to their hometown and takes up the family business mm-hmm. to help save them. It's a comedy, but also kind of like a dark comedy because it's very surreal and like lots of yelling, lots of Chicago yelling. <laughs> it takes place in Chicago, that's why it's the Bears. Yells in Chicago. Yells in Chicago voice, yes. Uh, but probably one of the most real life like depictions of a. Uh, butcher slash uh, restaurateur uh-huh. that I've seen in a long time. I really like it. It's fast paced. The visuals of the food cutting and cooking yeah. is very like up my alley. Is it cooking porn? It kind of is cooking porn. But it's also family. Uh, um, not family porn. That's something different. It's also very family <laughs> oh, orientated because no. uh, uh, the main character moves back because the brother died so he has to uh, acquire the restaurant and because he used to be this like high profile um, sought after chef yeah like he had a restaurant in New York that um, did great but um, then like failed because he got too much pressure on him oh, okay he couldn't like follow up and kind of crumble so he moved back home this is him picking up from there already at a low point picking up the restaurant already at a low point and kind of the fast-paced nature of restaurateurs and um not really fast food but that fast like deli pace okay yeah like your local sandwich shop kind yes of vibe. but it's fun the characters are very interesting the characters are trying to grow off each other it's not like mm-hmm. he's coming in and like teaching everyone they're teaching from each other they're having their own inter like personal crisis of like who they are what they want to be basically they've been at the shop for like 20 years and nothing's really changed and so, unlike The Resident or New Amsterdam, where new guy comes in and he's going to fix everything because he's going to break the system. No, this is, I'm coming in with my own problems and we're going to build each other up together because we are a team here and no man's an island. Everyone's going to work together and we're going to build each other up. Mm-hmm. Even though the main guy is the main character, he doesn't really act like the main character at all times because he's not there helping everyone instead it's this others like side character new character very young girl who's trying to help improve the restaurant as well mm-hmm. okay i like all the character dynamics <laughs> in this it says it's a comedy most of it's taken seriously but it's the character interactions and dynamics that make it the comedy feel okay. i really liked this okay all right so you're gonna keep is all of it available all that's available on hulu okay. right now all labored episodes, they're uh, hour and a, they're half hours. Okay. So they're digestible. They're very digestible, very bingeable. If you cool. have a 
uh, weekend to kill and watch this. It's really good. I really like the inter-character dynamics. Also, um, Chicago Mob kind of may or may not actually be involved. <laughs> oh, shit. Because uh, like, it's alluded to. It's said, like, he's not, like, physically in the mob, but he does lend money to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now you have to pay so, me so back. There's some, yeah, there's some shady money happening in the background. Well, it's not shady. It's like the family money. Like, I uh-huh. gave you because like, you're my The family cousin. money is right. Yes. And, like, <laughs> I, they literally do that, too. Yeah. Like, oh. Family money. Well, oh. they also they also refer to everyone else like to everyone like as cousin. Like he's my cousin. He's my cousin. <laughs> Not really my cousin. Mm-hmm. He's just my best friend growing up. Wink, wink. He's my nudge, cousin. Nudge. Yes, a lot of that. A lot of Chicago <laughs> might be seedy, but also like super hilarious yeah. and like the shenanigans that they get to in trying to sure. keep the restaurant afloat. All right. Well, sounds like a lot of to, to dig into. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, cool. I also watched Hulu. Yes. This week. I watched, uh, similarly, uh, just dropped this week, full season on Hulu, show called Maggie, uh, which is about a girl who is a psychic and how being a psychic affects her love life. I thought it was an interesting uh, premise, so I decided to give it a shot. It's a pretty traditional comedy, less of a dramedy. Mm-hmm. This is more of a comedy. Uh, the vibe I'm getting is somewhere in between like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend without the songs and oh, no. maybe a little bit of... Um, Maybe a little bit of, like, if they had actually pulled off How I Met Your Father. Okay. Like, it's, it's like, they're kind of, they're in their, like, late 20s, early 30s, kind of, like, you know, single, like, attractive people with, like, you know, doing pretty well for themselves. They have their own businesses and stuff, and how they interact with each other and, um, and their love lives. But, of course, she's a psychic, which kind of changes a lot of things. Every time she even touches someone's hands, regardless of whether she's doing an actual reading, she sees their future. Obviously, she has to determine, well, do I tell them that this is what's going to happen? What does this mean for me? Especially when she's dating a dude and she sees herself in his future. What does she do with that information? And so it goes on from there. The premise goes on from there. Are these uh, sites voluntarily or involuntarily? Well, that's what I'm saying is that, so, yes, she is a psychic as her profession, so does occasionally do this professionally so if somebody is paying for her she has to see her future Mm -hmm. but typically since they're strangers she's not involved in those visions Mm -hmm. so it throws her off when she meets this dude and all of a sudden she sees him like involved in her future somehow okay do they date each other do they do maybe is it business acquaintance yeah like what does it mean will they won't they constantly is she only seeing bits and pieces of this future Mm -hmm. so is she out of context of what it means all of that is kind of in play here, and the show plays around with that by being like, oh, you thought, she thought, and you, the audience, thought that this meant this, that this person was going to be, that this guy was going to be this to her. Then later, she has another revelation where it's like, wait, actually, no, that's not what this meant at all, and now you're in an awkward situation because you thought that that was the future, etc. Hilarity ensues. Man, that's so Raven. Yeah, it's a little, little not so Raven, but a little bit more like... Um, a little aged up, okay. as you would assume. Um, it's. I'm a little conflicted about it. Um, I think that the premise is interesting conceptually. I want them to go all the way with it, and I think that they're being a little safe. And every once in a while, they're a little too like little like basic with uh, how they're doing the the love story here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most surprising part is the joke writing is really good sometimes. Like there are some jokes that really hit. So um, it looks like that this may be loosely based on some real experiences as the writer, apparently this is based on, I guess, a memoir that she wrote. 
And also, she is also named Maggie. She is the titular character. She doesn't okay. play herself, but she is the head writer and creator, co-creator of this show. So I don't know how much of real life experience is coming out here. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I actually believe the psychics are actually seeing the future, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, but yeah. The... Well, that's because time is a circle. And eventually, if you have enough foresight, you can yeah, see all the way back around. Maybe that's what's happening here. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, some of the jokes have been really, really good. I'm only a couple of episodes in, but I'll see through it uh, to the end of the season. Uh, 13 episode season up. 30 minute episodes just like okay. just like uh, bear. the bear is. So yeah, very digestible, easy to get through. Could be a nice summer breezy watch if that sounds like a good pitch to you. If you want to watch psychic shenanigans. Okay. So that's Maggie. Um, we also watched an ABC game show that just premiered this week. Generation Gap. Have you seen this? I saw the commercial for this the other day. So we watched uh, the first episode that aired oh, on I'm Thursday. Sorry. Actually, we had fun with it. Okay. Um, uh, Chrissy was really into the idea here. The The pitch is uh, they have two panels of a different generations of a family. So you have, for example, a grandmother and a grandson paired mm -hmm. up. So, for example, like, you know, 12, 13 compared to, like, 75. Yes. And they are given ants questions um, to uh, basically, like, the, 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 the son, the grandson is given questions that are aimed towards the grandmother's generation. Mm -hmm. And the grandmother is given questions that is, are, are aimed towards the grandson's generation. For example, they'll ask the grandmother to identify lyrics of a Sia song. Mm -hmm. They'll ask the grandson to identify what a credit card machine is. Yes. Stuff like that. To like, I, like stuff that would be typically Not like difficult. credit card machine or credit card credit machine. Credit card machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the kid did not know what the hell that was. So, obviously... Or like it imprints on the sheet of paper. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows what that is anymore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's, it's So, that's kind of where the hilarity comes from. Is, is to be like... Of course, the grandson doesn't know what that is. Or, of course, the grandmother doesn't know who, like, who Justin Bieber is. Right. That kind of thing. And, of course, when they do know, it's like, wow, I can't believe they knew that. That's the entire backbone of this show. Now, is it the same family? So, it is two families that, and that are also supported by their extended family off to the side that are just watching and reacting. They okay. don't actually have any gameplay here. Okay. Um, but yeah, and it goes on through several rounds. There's like like just a question and answer round. Like here's a picture and a prompt. Who is this? There's it goes on to more complicated things. Like uh, the credit card machine came into play in an object identification round, which in a blind place, every like they had to basically like describe the object that was in their hand mm -hmm. to the other person. So the grandson had to describe what a credit card machine was, not knowing what it was, to the grandmother to guess it. Okay. Etc. Then there was also a secret celebrity round where a celebrity that objectively should be known by both generations was described, basically would describe themselves mm -hmm. in different ways. This episode, spoiler alert, was Ryan Seacrest. Okay. So they basically, Ryan Seacrest had to describe who he was for them to guess. They couldn't guess by the voice? That's what I thought. It's like they're going to know immediately if they've heard Ryan Seacrest in anything. Right. They didn't disguise it either. I think that maybe... They should. <laughs> Although, then again, not everybody is going to be a radio personality, so right. maybe that won't be a point in mm -hmm. the future. Maybe if it's like an athlete, that might mm -hmm. be a little harder. Yes. So, the foundation is pretty solid here for a goofy, fun family uh, game show. 
And Summer Kelly Game Ripa show. is the host, and she does Summer a pretty, Game show. pretty good jo- job. Yeah. It's also got to be really cheap for ABC to do. Yes. So I'd say we see at least a season of this Okay. Um, as like a summer replacement thing. We had a good time. We'll watch the rest of it. But All yeah, right. that'll be on ABC Weekly on Thursdays. They'll probably check it out. I yeah. mean, Yeah, check it out. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun show. Uh, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Anything else we need to talk about on television? Um, nothing else particularly. Ms. Marvel continues. It'll last end on Wednesday. Was wild. We'll see yes. What um, last episode will be on Wednesday, so we'll talk about it. Yes. Next, next week. week. We'll wrap that. Yep. Uh, so that'll up. be the end of the uh, six season arc yep. or six episode arc, six season. Yeah. <laughs> six season. I wish. Uh, well, we'll get there. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, let's do cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? You're no longer walking, watching Your Honor on Showtime. It has been canceled after two seasons. Uh, that is its upcoming second season will be its last. Night Sky on Prime Video, canceled after one season. Mm-hmm. Paramount Plus is bringing back Evil for a fourth season. Adult Swim has canceled Joe Para Talks to You after a third season. Talks with you. Talks with you, sorry. Well, let me talk to you with you. Yes. Fine line. Uh, Gentleman Jack canceled after two seasons on HBO. And then we have a handful of deaths this week. Kazuki Takahashi, age 60, a Japanese manga artist and game creator, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. That was a sad one I saw for a lot of fans of yes. Yu-Gi-Oh! 60 is pretty young, but from what I understand, manga artists mm-hmm. always die young, typically, because just the tough schedules that they constantly have, constant stress that they have to deal with. Weekly schedules, yep. Just brutal. Brutal. Uh, James Kahn, age 82, famous actor from The Godfather, Thief, Misery, uh, uh, The uh, Sopranos. Yes. Uh, most notably recently. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely a, uh, a legend of a screen will be missed for sure. I want to say he was also in Las Vegas. Yeah. Not the city, but the show. Yes. Maybe also the city. You're correct. Speaking of The Sopranos, we also lost Tony Sirico this week, age 79. Most famous for that role as Polly Walnuts, but also mm-hmm. in Goodfellas and Wonder Wheel. Yes. Um, he's the guy who you knew you were in a gangster film right, because he, he had the black hair though. with the silver on the yeah. sides. Yeah. He's that guy. He's that guy. And then lastly, Gregory Itzen, age 74, actor in 24, The Mentalist, and Lincoln. He was also in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. And uh, although it doesn't really uh, uh, partake, like really involve itself in... Um, media per se and in our usual wheelhouse but uh former japanese prime minister abe uh was assassinated this week yes uzo abe yes uh that was really shocking considering that gun violence very rare in japan mm-hmm. they have pretty strict gun policy there let's move on into the movie section and we always start the movies with the weekend box office numbers and no surprise here the minions rise of Gru is your number one movie you called it coming yeah we always do <laughs> coming in at 107 million dollars in its debut uh pretty good pretty good show up for the minions but hey illumination films always do really really well yes they do even over well, extended holiday weekend. That being said, uh, your number two, Top Gun Maverick, nothing to sneeze at with another $25 million. That's at 564 That just keeps keeps going. Um, so this is very easily shaping up to be the film of the year. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Can't anything pass it in terms I, of like $600 million. Without knowing uh, how Thor is going to do, I don't think it's going to do that well. I don't think Thor's going to do that well. Yeah, like I think compared to Top Gun, I don't think it can be caught. Even Avatar is going to come out at the end of the year. Oh yeah, and it will, but it won't make a dent. Not in the not in the calendar in December year. because no. it's got going to be out for like a week. 
Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely Maverick will be your definitely your top grossing movie of 2022. I think yep. you're right. Coming in at number three, Boz Lerman's Elvis with another Stop 18 it. million dollars. <laughs> Never. 66 million is its domestic total. Number four, Jurassic World Dominion with another 16 million dollars. 332 is its domestic total. And rounding out your top five, The Black Phone with 12 million dollars. That's at 47 million. If you're wondering where this week's debut, Mr. Malcolm's, Malcolm's List, ended up. Your wide release. Well, not so wide after all, as it only made $800,000 at number seven. Yes. Damn, Mr. Malcolm. I don't know why they say wide release when you know it's not going to be that wide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upcoming this week, uh, following in Thor's uh, um, after... Aftershock, Aftershock, I guess you could say. Yes. Uh, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, for your kids uh, to see. This Which, is the trailer that I saw, and I th- thought, wait, they're making a fucking Hong Kong Fooey movie? That's and what I wasn't. thought. <laughs> I thought, hey, they made a Hong Kong Fooey movie. And, they and then somehow they couldn't get the rights to make Hong yeah. Kong Fooey, so they had to they call did. it yeah. something else. This is, I believe, Nickelodeon is backing this. Yes. So we'll see. But Michael Sarah is your lead voice actor here. Yeah. And then also, where the crawdads sing, which is the only the only thing I know about this is it's got that Taylor Swift song on it. It's based off the book of the yeah. same name. Uh, this is the production company of Reese Witherspoon. Yes. All right, those are your new releases. Let's move into some movie news. All right. Our first is a little bit of a crossover with the video game segment, but not in the way you think. The PlayStation Store is a place that you can buy movies on, uh, similar to how you can buy movies on iTunes or a place you used to be able to buy movies on yeah well that's not going to be the case very soon PlayStation is phasing out that segment of their business but they're doing it in a way that people did not anticipate it at least for specific releases they're actually removing access to hundreds of movie titles from Studio Canal the French studio that customers in Germany and Austria Austria specifically have previously purchased the move comes a year after Sony PlayStation, uh, Sony's PlayStation Group stopped offering movie and TV show purchases and rentals as of August 31st, 2021, citing the rise of streaming. At the time, Sony assured customers that they can, quote, still access movie and TV content they have purchased for on-demand playback for their PS4, PS5, and mobile devices. But clearly that didn't mean forever. The list of Studio Canal distributed titles that will be removed include 314 in Germany and 137 in Austria. Those include Studio Canal financed films like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the two Paddington movies, oh no, the Loose Paddington, Nonstop, and Shaun the Sheep. In addition, multiple Lionsgate movies, including the Hunger Games series, John Wick, and the Saw movies will no longer be available as well. Mm -hmm. This is wild because one of the things that digital content providers have usually promised is that if you buy it and download it, it's yours forever. It's the reason why Rock Band songs, Mm -hmm. if you bought them way back in 2008 when Rock Band 2 came out, you still have it. You still have access to that song, regardless of what happens with rights uh, ownership for Mm -hmm. for harmonics. So this is a real betrayal of trust here that we're seeing here. And whether this is country by country, maybe they found loopholes in the law that says they can do this, Mm -hmm. maybe. As far as I know, this is not something you can do here. Well, because Germany and Austria are part of the EU, right? So that's the EU law now. So I wonder, yeah, if the EU maybe it's a little bit flimsier than here in the U.S., where I think that you'd have class action lawsuits up the wazoo if this happened here. Mm-hmm. It would not be. So this is why we're gonna 
to the PlayStation, harken back to yeah. the God of War bundle, yeah. which is an all-digital download. Yeah. This is the risk that people 10 years ago, as I mentioned, when mm -hmm. we were frightened of an all-digital future, this was what people were worried about. This, this was is, this is what we were saying when the sky was falling. It, that yeah. if it's you own it for the life of the company, for the life that they want to provide it. Yeah, yeah, and on a whim, honestly. It's like at-will employment, mm -hmm. sort of, where it's like your employer can at any time say, eh, we're going to fire you, and you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing here. Like, the, the Sony can just be like, hey, you know what? The Studio Canal stuff... Too much exp too expensive to renew these uh, these distribution rights. Sure, we're not selling it anymore, but we probably pay something to keep you watching it, downloading it, to keep it on their storefront. So, yes. yoink! Sorry, you don't get it anymore. A very bad precedent. This is mm -hmm. scary, and I hope people in those respective countries do say something and do something about this. Maybe there's something you can do in EU law to prevent them from doing it and get these reinstated. We'll see, but it's really scary little glimpse of what may be our digital future this is why we always harken back to physical media yep because you can physically own something you own it they can't than, take it away from you than the ones and zeros of a digital download they can't take it away from you all right anyway so with that a uh, frightening uh story in mind let's move on to a much less frightening story. well yeah something more on the home front more yeah. america yeah in fact captain america uh he's been in the news this week as we're finally getting new news about the fourth Captain America film. Julius Ona from the Cloverfield Paradox and Loose is set to direct the fourth film, which will star new Captain America, Anthony Mackie. He's not new, he's just Captain America. <laughs> well, he's not the old Captain America, so that's what new means. Whatever. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier creator and head writer Malkin Spellman is writing the screenplay alongside Dallin Moosen, who is a staff writer on the series. The film does not yet have an official title or release date, but expectations are high that Marvel Studios could announce both at San Diego Comic-Con, where the studio will be presenting for the first time since back in 2019. So yes, I think we do hear news at Comic-Con about this. We'll get a title, mm -hmm. we'll get a release date, and we'll know more, even more about Anthony Mackie, uh, Captain America. Yep, I want to see Phase 5 news at Comic-Con. I want to It'll see um, some the Marvel's footage. I want to see an actual trailer for Black Panther. Mm -hmm. uh, give me the title for Captain America. Give me the title for the Fantastic Four movie. Give me the title for the Blade movie. Give me promise that, like, me, the, me, the Seven me. Sons. Yes, give me, give me Marvel. I know you're cooking this stuff. I know you're making it. Just... Tell me already. Tell me what you're cooking. You've got those grubby hands all over Marvel. Yep. All right, anyway. Well, we would love to go straight into, segue you straight into Marvel, but I feel like we should keep it until you talk about the other movie uh, that you watched this week. This is a little cleanup. Oh, yes. Talking about some good guys here. The good guys. And I'm not talking about the electronic store. Uh, the departed uh, electronic star, store, RIP, the good guys. Anyways. No. This is the... <laughs> Uh, Universal animated film, yes. The Good Guy, starring Sam Rockwell as the I thought this was DreamWorks. Is this not DreamWorks? Uh, might be DreamWorks. I think this is DreamWorks. I think it's DreamWorks. Yeah, but I saw it on Peacock. Yes. So that's why we think Universal. Yes. Uh, but yeah, The Good Guys, uh, now available on Peacock for your viewing pleasure, but rather, please don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I have issues with this film. All right. In a world where mm. you have both humans and talking animals, <laughs> somehow the talking animals, all of them that are introduced, 
are specifically criminals, specifically thieves. Why do you do that? <laughs> yeah, Why specifically great. call out that? Not great. Like, you, so it, tr- it tries to do the double switch where, oh, like, they're the good guys in this it's human in world. But, no, they're, like, even, like, the person who's supposed to be the good person, um, no, they're, they're just a thief. That's just a thief. Well, and I'm like, okay, like... That's part of the it, setup, right? Because isn't the premise <clears throat> of this is that they're storybook villains. They're trying to be good. Yes, but then that brings in a different issue. Where's all the other storybook villains who aren't villains? Are they all just already incarcerated and (laughs) not running around on the streets and the police can't catch these people? Okay. Um, uh, The idea of Craig Robinson's shark being a master of disguise when clearly that's a shark. How (laughs) dumb are you that they recognize that's a shark in a mustache? I don't know. I don't know. It's like the Clark Kent thing, but like it's a shark. <laughs> uh, and then it's I just have so many issues with this film, like because everyone's an animal. Like the villains are the animals in here, uh-huh. so you're supposed to be rooting for them to get caught in the bad guy, but because they're the bad guys, but they pretend to be good guys, so they can still be bad guys and steal the 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 uh, the. Award. So do they try to redeem them by the end? Is there some sort of character arc happening? So the redemption is that you anyone who is bad can be good uh-huh. if given the good incentive of like you're a good person, you're a good doggy, wolfy, like <laughs> the tail wag, like oh that's a good feeling. I can do this and get good feelings. Okay. That's what it wants you to take out of this. <laughs> it's what it wants. But is it successful doing so? No, because like oh. I said, every animal is a damn thief in this film. <laughs> and so by the time you get to the third act and they reveal that all these, like the five, seven animals that they've revealed in this film are all thieves, are all trying to get the same thing. And you're like, okay, pause. Everyone you've showed me that is an animal in this society is a thief. Yet, everyone else in the society is a human person, and yet they are unable to distinguish that a wolf is among them, a shark is among <laughs> them, this person is a snake. Like, I, I can get it if, like, this is, like, their, like, alter ego, like, uh, aforementioned, like, um, like, this person just acts like a snake, so we're going to personify them as a snake. I could get that, except the person actually does snake things. The shark actually does shark things. The wolf actually does wolf things. Spider actually does spider things. <laughs> it's like, okay, you can give me like the illusion, but still keep the human, or give me the, everyone in an animal society and <laughs> reject the humans. You're, com- you're too busy compounding interests here. <laughs> so you're just mad that they didn't pick a lane. No, they couldn't pick yeah. a lane. This is not Zootopia where they established this is a world of animals. Everyone is an animal. They all have animal jobs, but they are also still the animals and their stereotypes related to that. This, you're saying they didn't pick any of things. It's just like arbitrary. Yes. It's like these are animals, but they're also humans and the animals. Yeah, they're kind of animals, yeah, they're but they're also basically animals. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pick a lane. <laughs> Sorry. Pick a lane. Bad. Bad movie. <laughs> no. No treat for you. You're not a good guy. Bad. Well, I mean. 
Well, let's be honest. I saw the trailers for this and I was like, this looks like trash. Oh, it was. It always looks bad. So you don't think, uh, so say you need to take kids to a movie, is it worth even to distract a kid for an hour and a half? Or do you think that they would also be bored? Uh, lots of guinea pigs. Oh, that's the other thing. Oh my God, I just remembered this. <laughs> so the other animals, so one of the main villains is a guinea pig. Yet there are act like is an anthropomorphic guinea pig like walks and talks and gets awards and stuff. Terrifying. Okay, but there are actual. Yeah. Wait, roll back the table. (laughs) What awards is this guinea pig? The 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 good human citizen award. (laughs) But he's not human. Exactly. That also like throws it into what? But in addition to him like walking and talking, interacting with actual people, there are actual guinea pigs. (laughs) The animal. That humans keep in cages. Are you saying it's a, uh, a a goofy Pluto thing is happening in this film? Yes, it's definitely a goofy Pluto thing. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Because he like he might use a like a mind control device to call upon the uh, guinea pigs that live within the city. So that means that there are guinea pigs who are kept in cages as pets. In addition to this one guinea pig <laughs> running not, around. Yeah. Interacting with other people, and they don't see an issue with that. Yeah, I'm confused. Exactly. I don't get it. All right. Well, that's the good guys. That's, that's the on good Peacock guys. now. If you missed it in theaters, uh, for good reason, I assume. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's there if you want to suffer. Otherwise, <laughs> you can watch actual good guys in Thor: yes. Love and Thunder. Right. Here's where we talk about Thor. Okay, I'm gonna preface this with. I did not expect the reaction to this movie to be as mixed as it is. It's very diverse. Uh, yeah, diverse. it seems like a lot of people are divisive, re- are kind diverse. of disappointed uh, by this movie, which is surprising come off, coming off of the love that everybody had for Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Marvel dismisser, friend of the show, Christy, also enjoyed Thor Ragnarok for what it was. Uh, what happened? Uh, what's going on in uh, Love and Thunder? Does it deliver on the same great vibes of Ragnarok? And where does it possibly fall short? So what made Ragnarok good is that it took Thor away from being an individualism, individualistic person uh-huh. and identity, and made him a part of a team, a yeah. team to go yeah. and attack yeah. Hela. By and the end of Asgard. that thing, it, like he has a posse. Yes. Yeah. So... That's what they do here. Thor is never alone in this film. He is always with a team, whether it's the beginning with the Guardians of the Galaxy or with the Ragnarok team uh, once the movie actually gets going uh-huh. of Korg and Valkyrie and the mighty Thor. People you want to see. Yes, people you want to see. Um, not spoiler because um, it's in the trailer, but Jane Foster, Valley Portman is back as the mighty Thor and it takes from that story comic line uh, where they fight against uh, Gore the God Butcher who now this is where I have a problem with does not do a lot of butchering (laughs) if he does it's off screen and it's uh, showing a quick like oh here's a panel of dead God dead God dead God dead God but never him actually butchering I mean uh, you could kind of say the same thing about Killmonger and Black Panther right a lot of you're just supposed to go in knowing oh this guy has killed a lot of people and but at least he, he actually only kills kill. a couple of people. <laughs> at least he actually shoots someone yeah, in right. the middle of the, of the movie to remind you, oh yeah, he's the yeah. bad guy. But in the name, though, you're just supposed to know, oh, he's a god butcher. He's probably butchered some gods before. Yes. So, but that's it. Everything is like talked about him off screen, uh-huh. but never like he only butchers one god in the beginning. <laughs> I say butcher 
Because all he does is he just stabs him in the neck with a necro sword, and then that's a but- that's, that's, that's pretty butchered. It just starts on his on his journey, but not like I'm going like power hungry and just like slash 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 butcher 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 chop chop chop. He's not running a butcher shop, a god butcher no, shop. No, god, like no, not god. Selling you different. Not Gore the butcher. Butchers. Not Gore the butcher shop. No. <laughs> if you want that, go watch uh, the bear. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but no, this. I think that's where people have like mixed reviews because. Gore is a powerful being in the in the Marvel comics, yeah, in the comics. and they wanted more of that. Sure. Now, don't get me wrong. Christian Bale actually knocks it up out of the park here. He's great as a villain. I've heard good things about him. He is this. great, especially in his monochrome world where there is no <laughs> um, light and sunshine and rainbows. Everything's monochromistic, and I really like that aspect. There's a lot of good visually cues in this, okay. where I think people are having an issue where it falls kind of flat is the story because it does feel like we're going from point a to point b mm. to point c okay. and getting there is just well we're gonna go here now and then they go like well we're gonna go here now and then they go yeah okay it's like they had the set pieces of where they wanted to go but couldn't find a absolute reason besides thor saying now we're gonna go here okay and kind of like have a more well thought out plan of getting everyone together on the same page. Okay. Um, so like I said, they take a lot of cues and inspiration from that, from the Mighty Thor comics as well as the Gore the God Butcher um, saga in the comics, but only inspired by because a lot of the stuff does change. And here's where I am conflicted with whether this is a good movie or a bad movie. <laughs> okay. Because Gore the God Butcher has a lot of parallels between both Jane Foster Thor and um, Chris Hemsworth Thor. Mm-hmm. Where they have the kind of the exact same origin story of they're dying but a magical weapon helps them regain life but used for destruction. Mm-hmm. More or less. So it's a, yes, I'm glad to be alive, but I'm also a harborer of destruction here. Do you think, so you think their arcs are a little too similar to each other? Well, that's on purpose, though. Yeah. It's to show the dichotomy of right. of how each arc can go. <laughs> it's like, hey, what if there were three of the same guy and they had to interact with each other? Yes. Yeah. Which is actually what happens in the comic book is that... Thor teams up with younger Thor and uh, old King Thor to yeah. fight Gore. That makes sense. But then you have Thor and Gore, and then you're like, oh my god, yeah. Thor Gore. I get it. Yes, I get it. <laughs> Gore, rise of Thor. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, and also Gore is in Gore, like, right, right. Gore, yeah. Gore, works, horror Gore. Works on so many levels. Works on so many levels. So <laughs> there's stuff there that says, hey, like, I'm making the connections here. I'm making the parallels here. Yeah. There are stuff that I purposely try and like get to you to realize but then if you still don't get it by the end i'm just basically tell you this is what i'm going for yeah this is what i'm goring for (laughs) um so one of the things that was so good about ragnarok is that a lot of people were surprised by how funny it was is this funny in the same way so does it hit those beats this is funny but also enforced funny Mm. and by forced funny i mean yelling goats funny okay if you find yelling goats funny. They can be funny. Some people do. Yeah. They can also be annoying. Remember the, the, the video of the screaming goats uh, in, in time it, to uh, Taylor Swift's I Knew You Were Trouble? Yes. Yeah, classic. Yes. 
So like that? Yeah, those streaming goats. Cool. But not necessarily like in time, just like randomly screaming as like, hey, oh, by the way, the goats are still here. <laughs> I, I now know my uh, image I'm going to use on the website now. <laughs> yep, screaming goats. So it's okay. it's fun. It does a lot of stuff. Um, gore kidnaps children, which is what sets them on their motion of, of the adventure to go and retrieve the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. I think <laughs> Ragnarok had the better story because sure. your hero is constantly trying to overcome a different obstacle yeah. instead of trying to basically recruit people. You never get the full like power up like now I get unlike with um uh Infinity War where mm-hmm. Thor's arc was go get hammer to defeat bad guy. I mean it's a classic superhero problem, right? Which is a superhero that can do a whole lot of shit is only as interesting as your plot that you come up with to prevent him from doing that shit. Yes. Because you can't solve everything in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I feel like the story that does a better job prohibiting your hero from doing that is the better story than the one that maybe doesn't mm-hmm. and maybe isn't as efficient at keeping them from doing their thing. Well, that's the thing though, is that even when like the items that they have by the time they fight Gore the first time do not change and there is no like immediate power up from the time that they fight him the second time. They just couldn't do it the first time because reasons. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how do you st- overall? How do you? How are you feeling about this in the in the Thor series now? Some of it may or may not actually break its own rules, which mm-hmm. I am like not okay with because yeah. you set up your rules. Also, how many flashbacks and montages do you need? <laughs> not enough. Because within the first thirty minutes, there's at least three different montages. You have the montage of Thor getting back in shape from dad bod to god bod. You have the montage of, oh, here's everyone that Thor lost in his life. As a reminder, in case you didn't see, Thor 1, Thor 2, Thor 3, Infinity War. Recap. Recap. And then there's the montage of the relationship that Thor and Jane had um, post-Dark World and pre-Ragnarok. Because at the beginning of Ragnarok, you're like, oh, they broke up, and you never told why or how. Yeah, Ragnarok kind of plays around with that uh, yes. for comedy more than it is actual plot resolution. Yes. Well, they kind of just shove actually... her under, the, under the, uh, the blanket, you could say, by just a couple of scenes. Yeah, it's like, we, well, yeah. we, didn't, we were having trouble getting her to sign on, so we decided right. to write her out the like, story. Let's make jokes about the fact that she's not in, actually in this movie. Yes. Well, here they actually have a montage scene of their relationship how good it was and then it kind of broke down because she was doing more science stuff he was flying off and doing um like fighting space viking fighting stuff (laughs) so it's never really it could never like be together enough to have a full conversation relationship different kind of thing yeah so you have those three montages within the first 30 minutes as it's in a, a way overwhelming. to it's overwhelming to get you yeah. one caught up to what they're doing but also kind of like a slap of well i watched all those films why am i being reminded yeah yeah i mean yes i get it there's 15 years since he first took up thor 12 years let's see it's shot in 2007 or sorry shot in 2009 to 8 released in 2010 
So we've seen it from 12 years of Thor. Plus possible fifth movie. Right. So in the fifth movie, if I see another montage of everything that he's lost. He does this. Like we've done this over and over and over again. So, is it good? Is it good? Uh, it's I put it below Ragnarok, but obviously above the other two Thors. <laughs> Better than Thor: The Dark World. Shocker! I wow. Uh, in oh, terms of right. Phase Four movies, um, one of the better ones. Yeah. Okay. okay. Put it up there. All right, cool. But then again, you're going against um, Eternals. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow. Stuff. Yeah, so there's not really a, a big competition. Yeah, not a really big competition there. Yeah. Um, I think Doctor Strange is the better movie between the two. Okay. But I think that's also because um, Doctor Strange actually adds lore to the MCU, whereas Thor doesn't have any of that. It's, I'm on the adventure. You get your adventure within Thor, Love, and Thunder. The stakes are different, right? The stakes, like, the are, stakes di- are not phase... They're, they're not multiversal... Yeah, they're not phase-impacting stakes here. Right. Like, like Doctor Strange. Right. Is it's not multiverse ending. It's not right. completely world-shattering ending. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is for, like, the gods, which, you know, when you throw in, like, gods do exist, you throw this whole other, like, existential thing yeah. of, okay, if gods exist, and they're up here in their, like, big golden city castle, and not actually helping people, are they actually gods? Should we actually be worshipping them? Because that then falls right into what Gore the God Butcher is doing and right. saying. And it's like, yeah, no, he's right here. Like, they're not doing anything. So. There you go. All right. Yeah. That is Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, yeah, I'll probably catch this when it comes on uh, Disney+. Plus Because yep. I'm probably not going to so go see this in a movie theater. So that'll be in three months. Check it out in October. Hey, all right. Well, that will do it for movies. And that will do it for the Media Bow Podcast this week. Um last thing yes. did you watch it, um marcel the snake no it's, we it's uh we not seen it yet so uh okay. we'll uh maybe see it sometime soon um i might try and find a theater next week yes. uh for the 17th yeah marcel the shell yes with shoes on i do look forward to seeing that but yeah i haven't done it quite yet but in the meantime Thank you for joining us in the Media Boat Podcast. In the Media Boat Podcast, yes. In the welcome inside, welcome aboard in the Media Boat, where we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next week, of course, with another live episode from here. It sounds uh, we're usually recording on Saturday mornings. You can see us live if you go to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, find our channel, like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we do that. You can also find us in audio versions. If you search us on podcast services of your choice, whether it be Apple Music, uh, Google Play, Amazon, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, search MediaVo Podcast, and you'll see us as well as our archive of content, including special episodes like our March Madness uh, brackets and our year-end wrap-up episodes. Mm -hmm. You can also also see us on social uh, social media platforms like Twitter, where we're at MediaVoteCast. Facebook, search MediaVotePodcast there. You can find us on MediaVotePodcast.com, where we've now recently updated to find the most recent episodes. So you can see an archive of our regular episodes on there, dating back a few years. A lot of episodes on there. Yeah. Uh, you Just can al- a bomb drop of episodes. Yes, bomb drop. <laughs> it won't be like that. It'll be weekly from now on, I swear. <laughs> um, you can also find us... Um, by like emailing us you can ask us questions if you want to give us feedback any 
thing you've been wondering uh, about the show or if anything you want to tell us, you can email us at mediabookpodcast at gmail.com. And if you email us there, you can you know, sometimes we'll read them on the show. Uh, hey, send us an email and we'll read it. That simple. So do it. Go for it. In the meantime, have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode of exciting stuff. Yep. So stay tuned. We'll have our thoughts on uh, Miss Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Marvel. Yep. Next week, uh, we'll have thoughts on Lizzo. Yep. And possibly more news and more thoughts next week. So even more. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye.